Super Talk Mississippi media production. Spring is in the air, and that means it's time to refresh your wardrobe with the season's hottest trends at the Black Sheep Boutique. Don't blend in this spring. Stand out with the Black Sheep Boutique with two locations to serve you in Tupelo or Saltillo or online at theblacksheepboutiquetupelo.com. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes. In a Mississippi minute. Right. Welcome to the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. I'm Steve Azar. Okay, I've been looking forward to this interview as I'm a big hoop fan. Love the sport and appreciate it. And when somebody like today's guest leaves his mark on a program, in this case, the University of Mississippi, Ole Miss, and his mark will last for a very, very long time, let me tell you. To watch him play the game... Just downright explosive excitement is the best words I can come up with. When he got hot, he got hot. And if you were an opposing team, well, he'd rub it in quite a bit. Had difficulty making uh, fans with the other color uniforms, I can tell you that. So let's just get to it. I want to explore the life and story of my pal, the great Marshall Henderson. What's up, Marshall? Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm good. Where are we this fine day? I am in Thomasville, Georgia. Just got my first coaching job at a small university out here. It's called Thomas University, a little NAIA school. Um, I'm an assistant coach, full-time assistant, training the players. I, I'm scouting. I'm going on recruiting. Um, so it's been a re- it's a really fun time for me right now. I love it. I'm, oh my gosh, you've made it. You've officially made the switch. And mm-hmm. okay, so as a player. Was have you gone through any emotions that have been hard for you to handle, or is it an easier transition going into the coaching part? Oh, it absolutely was a tough transition. I'm pretty sure that every basketball player goes through it at some point in your life. You're gonna hit the point where you're not playing anymore. You know, and for some people, it just is a little longer in life. You know, I was hoping it would have lasted a little longer. Uh, fortunately, it didn't. So when I didn't get the job playing in the G League that I thought I was going to get from a couple of situations, just kind of weird situations I had experienced playing basketball overseas, I kind of knew, I was like, yeah, it might be time because I hadn't played in a while and I had been kind of reading up on it and I'm a little older now. And a lot of times when guys, uh, when they don't play for an extended period of time and they're older and they try and come back and compete at a, at a very high professional level, you're prone to a very serious injury. And I saw it with uh, Des Bryant, who a receiver from the Cowboys, right. who I know. And uh, he didn't play for a year, came right back, first practice towards Achilles. Right, right, And, right. Um, you know, that's one area that made the transition for me really easy, is I never had a serious injury. 
And so that's kind of what I've hung my hat on emotionally. I'm like, well, at least I didn't have an injury. <laughs> um, but I, I knew that I had some coaching opportunities because um, I could have had them last year. And they, and they all told me the same thing. They said, hey, look, man, you're going to look back on it. You, have, you may think you need a job right now, um, but in the grand scheme of things, you want to try and play as long as you can. You know, you, you, if you miss a year, um, that was the one thing that was kind of, uh, I, you know, for me last year was tough, trying to find something for me to do uh, positive, you know, or like I wasn't playing and I wasn't coaching on a coaching staff. So trying to find something that I could do that would, you know, advance, you know, my skills um, in the coaching world or something other than just sitting around on my butt, not doing anything. And uh, I had about, since basketball season had already started, there wasn't any coaching jobs. So I, I actually had a few months, like six, seven months, to kind of really prepare myself uh, mentally for the transition. Yeah. And uh, my, my little brother, he's in high school. He's a sophomore this year. And that was the first time I got to see my brother play basketball ever. So it was like one of those weird blessing in disguises type yeah. of things um, because, you know, I've, I've always been playing. And so uh, I got involved with uh, him and his high school team, and I wound up uh, coaching them in the spring and then the summer and working out those guys. And so, you know, it was, it was just nice. That was where I was able to kind of find um, myself, you know, living a positive life with extra time on my hands because in the past time on my hands has not been good (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't gonna bring that uh, up but that's all right hey you hey listen at least you're talking about it now yeah 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 you live and you learn and you grow and that's um you know one thing that as i've gone on these recruiting trips and i've got to run into a lot of a lot of college coaches that recruited me back in the day and they're you know they're just they're real excited for me they're like you know marshall you got to you got a lot of experiences that you you know and a lot of knowledge and you you've, you've lived through a lot of things that you can really help um, a lot of people and that's the best part about being a college coach now is that I'm going to be able to really start impacting lives you know uh, children's lives being able to give them an opportunity to go to college you know um, with scholarship and stuff like that and for a lot of college basketball players you know the their home situation where they come from is just not the best. That's just right. kind of the way it is. And so now to really be able to have an impact on people's lives like that, it's, it, it's really inspiring um, as, as I've gotten started uh, this year. We're talking to Marshall Henderson. I want to ask you about mm-hmm. your, your brother. So where, mm-hmm. you, where you were in your game as a sophomore in high school, does he have the potential that you had? He does. The main reason he has the potential I have is because we have the same father. And who is our same coach? You know, wow. uh, my dad doesn't. My dad doesn't coach him uh, because evidently I ruined everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so he. Uh, I mean, I mean, a lot. Everyone knows my my dad's relationship was not good because of you know him coaching me in high school, and it was it was both of our faults. You know, we've as we've you know grown and gotten over all that. You know, all that stuff. You know, there's no one to blame, or both are to blame, or whatever. But so. Um, there's a there's a there's a, a high school coach 
where my parents lived that my dad's coached with for 30 years. He's a great coach, and uh, so my brother's playing for him. But now my now my dad's not coaching. He has a ton of extra time on his hands to to really work with Chase, you know, outside of school, which will be different from me and my dad because my dad was working with me like in practice every day um you know kind of with the team and now he'll have a a chance with my brother to do a lot of one-on-one stuff right and um so that'll that'll be good you know i mean a lot of and a lot of college coaches they obviously from recruiting me know my dad and so they know chase is going to be coming from a really good basketball place and uh he's a little he's a little smaller than I am uh, at that age. He uh, he's definitely faster though. He's way faster. the wow. The main difference though is he just doesn't have the killer the killer mindset that that I've always had. Right. And you know, and it's funny how me and my dad, because my dad has the killer, and uh, we try and get the killer out of Chase. And um, you know, it's it's kind of funny how I am like kind of coaching coaching my guys now. Yeah. And you just try and find the killer inside of them and unfortunately it's kind of one of those things where you either got it or you don't exactly and so you know with chase we're like chase like for me i had to be that way in order to be as successful as i was because i'm just not as athletic you know or or tall or whatever as as the guys that i'm going against and so i had to do that um and my dad like put that in me from at a very young age at like three years old like you have to play hard, you have to play at the chip on your shoulder if you want to be successful. Right. And so that's kind of what we're getting into chase right now. And so last year, um, his freshman year, he was on varsity, and I was on varsity my freshman year. But my freshman year, I went to a really small school. I was in a small town, and so Chase is in the big city. And so I gave him. Uh, my dad doesn't like this, but I gave my brother an out last year. I was like, hey, you know, I played against small town white dudes. You're playing against big city black dudes. Right, right. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a big difference, you know. And so, uh, but my sophomore year, the it was probably, I think it was the fourth game of the season um, in high school. We were playing this school called Dunbar. And Dunbar is one of the most prestigious high schools in the in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Right, they've got numerous state championships. Uh, they always pack a crowd. Well, I had watched them play since I was a little kid, and so I was when I saw Dunbar on the schedule. I had been ready for this game for like fifteen years. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't wait for this game. And so we play, and I had forty four points, seventeen rebounds, wow. and eight assists. And that was the game that put me on the big scale map for recruiting. Got me on my AAU team. Um, I think there was—I mean, there was like a bunch of Big Twelve teams were at that tournament. They saw that game. We didn't get to leave at, after the game. We didn't get all my, my a lot of the players wound up just leaving with their parents because there was just a line of college college coaches out the door trying to talk to my dad. AAU teams were like, "Who is this right. scrawny little kid?" Because <laughs> at that point, I was like five ten. And so I told Chase, I was like, you got about four games before I start coming in hard on you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he knows he knows he's got the pressure now this year. You're in a Mississippi minute. Keep Mississippi beautiful mm-hmm. studios. Marshall Henderson has always kept Mississippi beautiful, whether you like it or not. We're going to be right back. <laughs> <laughs>
In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Good. Steve Azar. I'm back with the fabulous Marshall Henderson, who always donates his time to our Delta Soul Celebrity Guy from Charity Event. He's one of, he is one of even Mississippi State fans that are here. They go, they leave, and they go. Gosh, dog it! I love him. They don't want to love you, Marshall. You do know that, and it's a tough deal. And so, I, I got to tell one story. So, I was the celeb at at Darius Rucker and all the hooting the blow the, the blowfish guys, Mark Deans and mm-hmm. Sony, at the at Monday after the Masters. I've done that many years, and so you know we we get like you do here. We place you on a team, and the team was wearing all Kentucky blue. They had grips with Kentucky. I mean, they were all oh, yeah. and they were all doctors, and one guy owned like all the the gas stations. It's funny. The doctors always use the guy with all the gas stations jet so i was going like i wonder what's the better what's going on here but so i kept going you guys duke fans huh of course i knew the kentucky blue and they were for the first two holes i got them so upset and so they they go they finally they go we're we're kentucky fans i said guys i know i'm just giving you a hard time uh you know and so we start talking um and they brought up you and and how they despised you and you don't understand you don't come into rump and you don't come in here and you don't freaking just start giving us the grief like and say and so anyway when when i got to know him really well so i invited him to come down and they call themselves the kentucky bourbon boys is the name of their team oh so yeah first thing i do of course is pair them with you and they going mm-hmm. like oh my god that's that guy you know when they see you and i'm going like hey good y'all gonna play with them so they they but they they love you now and they go i hate the fact that i love him you know because so i guess my point is this adrenaline the more adrenaline you pump through your body the more in control your shot became Mm -hmm. well it's it's interesting you bring that up because a lot of that will have to do with your your the, the the mental uh, aspect of it, the mindset of when you're in it, and um, it's funny because we talk about it a lot of times. How because uh, there would be a lot of games where I would be shooting bad, and then at the end of the game, all of a sudden, just turn it on and just go off at the end and able to win the game. So when sometimes when a guy's shooting bad, they're thinking about it, they're doing something mechanically wrong. But once a certain point hits and you have to go. You just all of a sudden com, com, just forget about you're not thinking about anything anymore, and now it's your muscle memory takes over that you've been working. And I tell this to my players: I'm like, you've shot five million jump shots in your day, right? Like the the, the shot, your your form is there. You're just it's, you're thinking about it, and a lot of times once it gets into the clutch time, you forget everything that's going on, and the mindset changes, and it clicks. To it, oh my gosh, you know, it kind of the urgency um, ramps up, and then all of a sudden, once the muscle memory takes over, there's nothing to worry about, and it's just what you've done for your entire life, and then and then it goes through, and then you know, once you've led your team to the pinnacle, then right. it's time to celebrate. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, you celebrated, all right, but you celebrate. You, you, you definitely let everybody know. You did a lot of things a lot of players never were able to do. Go into mm-hmm. hostile I mean, environments. For me, for me, I, I was, I, I was just really having a lot of fun out there. Yeah. Um. You know, and a lot of people like certain things, and I, you know, I, I don't know how I feel about you know, paying players is one thing, but you know, we were 
we were by no means professional in college. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, look, if I'm not, if there's nothing compensating me for anything, I mean, school, yeah, that's great. I, which, by the way, I didn't, I didn't care at all about free school. I was like, I don't care. But now that I have my degree and I'm able to have my start my career because of that, I'm so thankful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, you know, a lot of guys just don't understand in college. You're like, man, I want some money. I don't want free school. Well, right. now that I'm here, debt free. <laughs> yeah. You know, able to start my career. It's a. It is an absolute blessing. Boy, it is. But you know, I'm I'm sitting here like, well, why do I need to act a certain way when I have zero dollars in my bank account and I'm hungry? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, and right. I'm just gonna have fun. Uh, you know, and it, that because I think a lot of people get to taking ba- uh, sports really serious, and at the end of the day, you got to remember it's fun. Yeah, that's what the the main purpose of sport is is to have fun and and you know establish relationships and stuff like that. And I think that was what helped me uh, a lot be really successful in stressful situations. Is I didn't really care the outcome because I knew I was going to be having fun, and uh, most of the times we were able to be successful. I think you, you mentioned that that's a great point because when you are really enjoying something you do, there's, there is uh, that added percentage that you're going to flourish. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. as you're a coach now and you understand being a scorer and a shooter, um, how do you, how are you going to be able to, to sort of keep interest with certain players that may have been high school scores, but they ain't what you need. You know, they're not, they're not you. Oh, because I mean, it's amazing you bring that up. Because we are we're going through a lot of those pains with our team, guys trying to under you know, guys who just la- one of our kids last year just won a state. He's he's won two state championships in a row out of Miami, uh, in Florida, and he was a scorer. And now it's like, hold on, pump the brakes, young man. Those are bad shots. <laughs> right, right, and, right. <laughs> you know, and so trying to, I mean, br- trying to. You know, he and, and, and his bad shots are shots he made in high school, but now it's a different level at college where he's dribbling and he's pulling up when guys in his face and trying to explain to him, hey, dude, look, you're making it hard on yourself. Like, by doing that, like, you you got you to gotta figure out a different way to score. And so a lot of that sometimes will come in with watching film. We'll be like, look, because with a lot, I mean, watching this is so great because you can actually finally see yourself. Like it's it, for coaches or players, it's hard when a coach is telling you something. You don't know, you don't really see what you're doing wrong. You know, in the in the heat of the moment when you're playing and or practicing. And so with the film, we're able to show them, hey, you know, instead of stopping and shooting, you can keep going all the way for yeah. a layup. And. Uh, you know, and stuff like that. And Not a lot of fun with layups, just FYI. Just, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. And, <laughs> you know, and our, the, the guy I work for, Coach Cruz, he, you know, he tells the guys, he's like, hey, there's only one or two guys that are going to be scoring the ball in the last two minutes of the game. <laughs> right. That is just a fact of the matter. There's only one or two guys that can do it, and there's only one or two guys that will do it. Right. And the ball is going to be in their hands. Right. And, the, you know, those guys are established. They're seniors already. They've done it time and time again. And, you know, and so, I mean, it's, it's a lot. But it, for the freshmen, I mean, I went through it as a freshman. A lot of college players go through it as a freshman coming from a, a scoring phenom in high school to now you actually have to think about 
the shot you're taking because coach will take you out. <laughs> right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it, I mean, it's a lot different at this level where you got to put wins on the board um, to keep your job. <laughs> Right. And so, uh, you know, for me, and, you know, one of the problems we have with our team is the, so the other assistant coach that I work with, he was, he is the leading scorer in the history of, of this school, of Thomas. And he played for my, for the coach we work for. And so, and the coach we work for is, is great. And he played a lot. He's been a D1 assistant for the last few years, but he wanted to be a head coach. Right. And so, you know, he was telling just last night, um, you know, he's telling the guys, he's like, you have, a, you have, he's talking about me, he's like, you have a professional guard, you've got the school's leading, all-time leading scorer, and you've got a head coach who's been at the D1 level for 10 years, and you guys don't want to come by and ask, you know, extra, you know, hey, coach, what do I need to do? Right. You know, not try and take advantage and, you know, I mean, we tell them stuff because, and, and, you know, I was telling them at the end of the day, you need come to your, I wish I would have been more trust, trusting in my coaches when I was younger. Like, I didn't, because sometimes you see coach, you think authority, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I want to go to them for help or I don't know if I want to tell them myself, you know, or, or something like that. But at the end of the day, your coaches don't want to get you in trouble. And they only want the best for you. And that's what I just told the guys last night. It's like, come to us for anything. It doesn't even have to be basketball. Like, we're right. here for you guys for anything. We want you all to be successful. And I know it might be scary because we're your coach. But I can assure you, we're not going to get you in trouble for, you know, anything. If you're having an issue, just come to us. We will help you. And so, you know, trying to, you know, I think trying to help them you know, in other ways off of the court will help them on the court. Right, right. I love that. Mm-hmm. We're talking to Marshall Henderson. He is now a coach. I'd love to play for him, but that's I'd have to reverse some years, and I'm I'm just not doing. That. I'm not I'm not going back for anything. I'm I'm liking my ride. I'm on. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're yes. in Mississippi minute. Hey, uh, Marshall, you get to play DJ. We are the birthplace of American music. You got to experience that. Your time here in Mississippi. Would you like to hear the North Mississippi All Stars or Three Doors Down? The North Mississippi All Stars. Luke and Cody will be proud. You're in a Mississippi minute. Here's some uh, NMA. We'll be right back. Sometimes I think I will, baby Then again, my, 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 change Tell me don't do it no doesn't sleep and neither do we fox news radio late breaking up to the minute from around the world around the clock here on super talk mississippi in a mississippi minute with steve azar right here on super talk mississippi hey 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 I am with the fabulous Marshall Henderson, who is now a coach. Oh my gosh, I'm, I am getting older. You're in the Keep Mississippi <laughs> Beautiful Studios. Marshall, let's talk about 
compensation. You bring that up, mm-hmm. and you, you, it's it's a it's a hot topic now in programs, especially you think about SEC ball. You think about football. You you the now uh, universities. Like like where you are, like where you were at Ole Miss, the Pavilion. Now they're building incredible facilities, which are going to attract the fans more and more to come. Which means more money, which means more TV money, which means more right. So all that's a, it's all these levels and layers of money. And you talk about being hungry and being broke. In your personal opinion, now that you're a coach and you get to see the players as they are, as you were. And and looking back at what you said, you know, you got a free education and you and you appreciate that now. But while you're in the storm of being a student athlete, do you feel like there's something else that could be done that, that's that's well, just? First off, like uh, scholarship players at Ole Miss, when you live off campus, you get a check. And when I was there, it was like eleven hundred dollars a month, and my rent was about four fifty five hundred dollars total. So, I mean, I had $600 every month, you know, and all the players have that option, you know, when you live off campus. So there is a little stipend there, you know, a little bit. My issue with the with paying, I don't think that you should be paying players just because they're there because there's too many people to take care of and you're getting a free education at the end of the day. What I think players should be compensated for is the fact that your whole personal life can be thrown out there for any newspaper, any student section to find any dirt on you and can bring it up, can blast it everywhere, and there's nothing you, there's, there's nothing you can do about it. You right. know, kind of like with using your face. I think players should get compensated for that, for advertisements and stuff like that. Their that's, jersey number, right? The jersey when they're, yeah, when they're really making fair. a mark. Yeah. Um, especially because I shouldn't think about it from Ole Miss. I'm like, I might be rich. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but for me, you know, when I was going through it, I was going through it at Ole Miss when I was there. And when I started um, becoming bigger kind of nationally and stuff, the USA Today came out with an article writing about bringing up my past and everything, about how I went to jail and stuff like that. And, you know, I think that college athletes, there has to be something for that. You know, people, we played at Missouri. They roll across a sign across the student section that says, for a good time, call Marshall's sister, and it's my phone number. Oh, and my, my dad's at the game, you know, and yeah. he's about ready to kill somebody. Right. And, you know, and so... I think for things like that, there should be there should be something. Well, if you're having to I go mean, through that, I mean, like you're at, you're mm-hmm. you're one of the only probably the only one on the team that went through, and whether it was somewhat self inflicted or not, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I not, mean, yeah, I, yeah. Did I bring some of it? But I didn't bring upon you know the not bringing your sister up. That's fighting bringing words. Up, bringing yeah. up stuff and say, using it in a 100 percent negative to bring somebody down, like. Because of that, that's where I felt there should be, you know, a, a, a something for being able to be so open, right? Like for your for your personal life to just be out there like that for nothing. That I mean, that there's got to be something for that. I was pretty strong, but like that could really hurt somebody, right? <laughs> like that just the constant. I fed off it, but not a lot of people are like me, and so like a lot of people that can really. 
affect someone mentally. I mean, it can be draining. Right. And, uh, you know, but then I, I sit there and I listen to the arguments. And so, like, okay, well, what if, you know, a car dealership wants a player really bad? And they're like, all right, look, you're going to be the face of our car dealership. You're a quarterback. You're going to be the advertising thing of our of whatever. And we're going to give you this amount of money. Well, now it goes into now it goes into who's got you know the most money to give a kid. So then that kind of side of it, I was like, mm. right, right. It could get it very. It could get interesting. I hate to see that in college athletics. Um, you know, after playing pro, I knew I was going to be a college coach because getting in the pro world, people see it. They see you as a dollar sign, yeah. not as the person. No one cares about you. Nothing like that. Your college coaches actually care for the most part. They care about you. They talk to you still after, you know, years later, I'm still talking to all my coaches. And that's why I wanted to get into college coaching is because I, I just get real personal with people. And I love, I love getting deep in those relationships. And it's just once you start involving money like that, it's going to ruin everything. And so that's why I'm kind of – on the side of just kind of keeping it away uh, from the college game as much as we can. With Marshall Henderson, if you don't have a villain, it's sort of a boring movie. People, people, whether they whether they're on the side of the villain or against them, it makes for a great story, and it, it mm-hmm. and it makes for excitement. But when you cross the line about your mother, your grandmother, your sister, your daughter, mm-hmm. you know those are fighting words. So you can't go there. Yeah, <laughs> no way, man. Yeah, I mean, That's and then I you know, in. as a play as a player, you're defenseless. Yeah. Like, what, oh, I know. You can't react. You know that's what was always funny about how people would be like, "Why is he? Why like? Why would I be? You know, taunting the student section? I'm like nobody saw the whole hour and a half before the game when I'm warming up. No one heard what was said for an hour and a half straight, <laughs> like nonstop, relentless. That's why when we beat Auburn and I went up in their crowd like that, no one, nobody saw the whole before that, like what was going on, like before the game even started. I was like, I can't wait to shut these people up. Oh, yeah. oh my God. It is annoying, like just relentless. And so it. then I'm the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like, they're okay. not listening. But but you couldn't wait for that moment. Isn't that great that you were able to sort of wait it out, and then and then when it worked out in your favor, you were like, mm-hmm. oh baby, I'm going in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just kind of happened that way. I was kind of I was kind of thinking about it though a little bit. I mean, I always kind of think about how to celebrate a victory. Sometimes sometimes you just wind up in the perfect situation, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was just tired of those man. It was exhausting. Just listening to them. Let me ask you: Now that you're competing in a way, right now you are. You're going. You're trying to go after players, just like mm-hmm. Coach Davis. Do, do you see a? Okay, I see that player, but I can't get him. Or do you feel like yes. you can get any player? Where, where's your like yeah. your threshold? Well, the tough, the the toughest part is I feel that I can get any player if I have full scholarships. We don't have full scholarships here, and. So like, well, you you can I guess technically have a full scholarship. You basically have a huge lump sum of money, and right. you've got to break it down. But when I'm like when I'm recruiting kids right now for incoming freshmen, I can give them half. I can you know we can cover half of of the the tuition. There's other things you know. There's other ways around try, or like trying to get them more money and stuff like that. But 
that the hardest part for me is not being able to give a kid a full scholarship. Because right. even if I was at a junior college, I, I swear I'd get a kid at a junior college before he, he goes to North Carolina. I'm that confident in myself. Right, right. <laughs> because and once I have the full scholarship, then I feel I can do damage. And so when I, talk, when I was talking to some of the coaches at a couple of the showcases we've gone to, they're like, oh, a lot of D1 coaches have never coached at NAIA. And so they've never had to recruit with uh, limited scholarship availability. And they're like, man, you're going to learn a lot from that. I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I'm from Dallas, and I know there's a lot of players in Dallas and Houston like that are like second, third-tier guys that don't get recruited that well that are still really good players. Uh-huh. So I've, been in, I've already been to Texas twice. I'm all over Texas. And, you know, that's why, um, you know, Coach, the, the guy I work for, he goes, hey, look, man, you have a name. If you can – you're from Dallas. If you can make yourself, you know, one of the be- the best recruit. If you can get the best player out of Dallas every year, you're going to get a- an amazing job off of that. And you know, with kind of, I've talked to I've talked to Coach Davis um, a few times, and you know, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I next step. I was talking to you know uh, Scott Nelson. I was talking to him, and he's like, "Well, why don't you just come on down to Delta State?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, and I'm like, I would love to go to Delta State. Like, I would love to be back in Mississippi, you know, a place where I know I could really use my name as a recruiting tool exactly. um, to, to get people to come, you know, to a certain place. And I know, and especially like when you talk about a school like Ole Miss, where, you know, we've just recently become really kind of um, consistently competing, you know, to make in the NCAA tournament. As I get older, you know, I'm obviously I'm always going to be trying to get back to Mississippi. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we, well, we want you. Back. I mean, you kidding? Yeah, I mean, I will always be trying to get back there. You're in a Mississippi minute. Keep Mississippi beautiful mm-hmm. studios. We're going to be right back. Welcome to Mississippi. Humble beginnings all the way back to 1943. Guarantee Bank has grown from offering the basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions. We are proud to be your local big-time bank. So when you're looking for a bank you can truly depend on and trust, and like me so many years ago trying to find my way around, let Guarantee Bank with its 17 convenient locations help you on your journey and become a wonderful addition to your family like they have mine for over 30 years. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I get the ball with a game on the line I know what I want don't change my mind. I'm with the fabulous Marshall Henderson. Marshall, as you wind down, you've wound down, rhymes, wound down, uh, your playing career. You know, you spent a lot of time overseas. You were playing a lot of summer leagues over here at the NBA. Uh, I remember you telling me that you were heading to Sacramento, or I think it was Sacramento, um, and, you, and you go. Do you feel like you, you left it all 
there that there's nothing you could have worked at along the way that would have helped you I mean do you feel like that look I let you know an athlete wants to say that he left everything every ounce of energy every 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 attempt out there and that way you can really live with yourself right do you mm-hmm. feel like you've done that yes I do I mean I I I mean I, there's always you kind of think about it but at the end of the day I really am content at how everything happened um and you know how how everything turned out because just a lot of it is because of where my life is right now. Um, the if some of the stuff wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't have ever. I wouldn't have gone and played in in the Middle East, which is where my life really changed for myself. You know, uh, I wouldn't have wound up there, but I won a championship. I was yeah. an MVP. Yeah. You know, I made a lot of good money out there, and so you know, I was, and it, and it was it was life changing for me, and uh, you know that that. One of the secondary reasons, too, as to why I got into coaching was uh, my last job, or one of my last jobs in Italy, we were 20-0. and 0. They banned the American dudes, and then my team didn't pay me. And <sighs> I, I had left it all out on the court for this. I yeah. would have been the MVP. We would have won the championship. Why? What happened? And then they just, uh, the uh, mafia. Oh, <laughs> it wow. February 28th. Um, at midnight to March 1st was the, ta- uh, the deadline for the tax that clubs who had foreign players of Italy had to pay a tax. Um, and so March 3rd, they banned all the foreigners in the league after they took the money from the club. Wow. Oh, my and, gosh. Uh, my, the crazy part was my teammate, who's from Jacksonville, Florida, his firstborn son was born on that day, and he wasn't allowed to go home because – we, well, he wasn't allowed to go home because we were playing. And then it turned out we got banned, his child was born, and he was in Italy. So it was a really rough time yeah, for him. Yeah. You know, and they knew about it. And, like, our general manager was about to have a kid born so that, like, the whole year they were on that little bond of about to have children born. And then they just were like, oh, we're not going to pay you. Oh, and we were like, because the money, the money they saved by not paying me and my teammate was more than the tax that they had just lost. Yeah. And... I'm sitting here, and I was about ready to kill somebody. Well, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, look. And I was like, but I'm single, like, not – I don't have a family. This dude, you know, he just had his kid born. Yeah. And you're not going to give him – give my money to him. How are you going to send him home like that, like not paying him the the last part of his money? Like, that is just messed up. (laughs) And – it, it was it was stuff like that to where you know I I wanted to get into, I wanted to get into coaching because I wanted to take back control of my situation you know having an agent I don't know what's going on you know the I thought I was going to be in the G League I'm playing with the team and then three days before training camp they're like oh we're not going to sign you I'm like what do you mean you're just you're just lied to me yeah. you know and so I just I wanted to get back control of my life of my situation right and so. That it wasn't that difficult of a decision, and I had, like I said, I had that time to transition away, and it took me a little bit. I kind of had a little identity issue for a second. You know, at the end of the day, that's kind of as we were talking to players last night. You have to your base of who you are has to be versatile, and I'm always I've always been a passionate person. I've always been focused. I've always been a hard worker, and so now, like those things are are who I am as a person. So that was why it was, easier. it was easy for me to transition to a coaching because I already have the work skills. 
now I just got to learn the craft, you know. Right. And uh, so that was, you know, I was telling my guys last time, I'm like, guys, you're going to go through the identity issue. For some of you guys, it might be in five months. I just went through it. You yeah. have to listen to me. You have to be a consistent hard worker because whatever job you go to, like if you come in just messing around, they'll fire you. Yeah. <laughs> like the real world does not care, I can assure you. I just went through it. The bills didn't stop, <laughs> you know. And you, when you when you don't have a job, when you don't have, when you're not working, making an income, it don't matter how much money you have, it goes down quickly, <laughs> very very quickly. And you know, and as I was telling those guys, I was like, I was in a situation where I had some professional basketball money, and I was able to kind of get through my situation a little easier financially. Like you guys are broke college students, like. Yeah. What you know? What's going to happen when you don't make a professional team, and now, now your back's against the wall, and that urgency kicks up, you know, and you need, you got to figure out what you're going to do. You know, who is going to be, who are you going to be as a person, um, you know, that's going to be able to make you successful in anything you do. I love it. Well, Marshall, I think mm-hmm. you're. I think your journey has just begun. And you're mm-hmm. going to be able to teach this next generation of basketball players a whole lot of good. And mm-hmm. all that you gave to uh, the game of basketball at Ole Miss and even the people you played against, you got them in the stands. They couldn't mm-hmm. wait for you to be there. They couldn't wait to, wait to have signs written about you. But the bottom line is they came so because mm-hmm. they couldn't wait for you to hit the court. We appreciate you, yeah, pal. Right. You have a great one. We've been with Marshall Henderson. You've been in the Mississippi Minute, and we're out of here. I'm Steve Azar, in a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.